Listen, hi everybody. Welcome to NMR. It's your girl John and your boy it, Darren. It's your boy Darren. What up? Is that what? What's up? What up? I think you just go. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. You know. Yeah. In fact, Nadine and I will do the like Dua Lipa when she's at a, a show to like <laughs> pump the audience. So she goes, "Come on!" And so Nadine, if I'm like trying to get her to come, up, she's like, "Come on!" I love that. I yeah, love so that. We got to get that on our recording to really annoy our listeners. Yeah, let's really like just have everyone un- unsubscribe. But that is a button. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, I got to get right into this. There has been oh. some major development in my relationship status with David Archuleta. Now, I don't have anywhere else to talk about this. So if you guys don't like this, not my problem. Does he or does he not know you exist? He does just not say- know I exist. Okay, no, he so has there continu- hasn't been major development. Well, let me tell you this. Oh, okay. Let oh, me okay. tell you this. Okay, okay, let me backtrack to 2010, okay? A lot of people might not know this. Listening, I was a part of a uh, of an online (laughs) of an online what is it like almost like game show that MTV did. It was called Wanna Be a TJ. I don't know if you remember this from 2010. Well, I was one of the contestants. Thank you very much. I got cast and did a whole bunch of fun stuff with MTV that summer. And I was the ultimate prize was at the end of uh, of the summer. We would have this big on-air special, which we all went to. And um, I think I did mention this recently. But anyway, the 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 prize was a job at MTV where you would be their official quote-unquote TJ Twitter jockey. Look at where, you know, what would that be now? XJ? XJ? XJ. Anyway. Um, I can't call it X. I don't think anyone actually calls it X. No, I definitely don't. I, I definitely no don't. No one. No one's ever like, the other day on X. No one's Yeah, no, no one's. The, the other day. Yeah, um, and so it, and, and the job was like a hundred thousand dollars, right? A hundred thousand dollar job. So it was really exciting for me. I was still in college at the time, or I think I had just graduated. I can't really even honestly remember. Um, but I was still living in my college town, but anyway, so I didn't win, but I was very good friends with the girl that did shout out to Gabby, Gabby fresh. She's very big on, uh, Instagram, by the way. I don't know if that's even still, yeah, I don't know if that's still her, um, her screen name or not, but it was at the time. But anyway, so she goes on to work at MTV and a, and a young, fresh faced, uh, American idol runner up comes walking through the halls. That's right. Walking through the halls of MTV. And she one day surprised me. And sends me a video. What year is this? Remind 2010. 2010. Okay. okay. It, this might have been 2011 by this time, but somewhere in there, 2010, 2011. She surprised me with a video where she said, can you give a shout out to my boy, John Thrasher? And I have it. And he goes, he goes, John. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, hi, John. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Now keep in mind. Did he say Thrasher or just John? I don't know. I think it was just John. If he said John Thrasher, I might have died. So no, right. I'm, I'm still right here. Now, no, so, yeah, I'm right, still here. Right. So, so anyway, that was 2010. So yeah, he does know I'm alive. Thank you very much. But I will say this. Okay, here's what happened. Let me tell you what happened, Darren. It connects okay, this, to you. He, oh, oh. Okay. It connects now to I'm you. Interested. It connects to Bravo. Oh. I know, right? Okay, get ready for this. So <laughs> I am. <laughs> I forget what night it was. I think it was Friday night. I'm waking up from a nap. It's that, you know, that time of the year. I don't know about you, Darren, but I have like seasonal affect disorder. So when the sun goes down at 3.30, I'm in a nap mode for the next two or three hours. I don't know. That's just me. And I wake up and my friend Danny, shout out to Danny, um, Danny. sends me a text message. And he was like, oh, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. I don't think he will. But he goes, I am hammered at a club in Dublin. 
he was like, is there any reason why David Archuleta and Teresa Judice from the Real Housewives of New Jersey would be together? Now, keep in mind, I know Danny, you know, he's at a club. He's dr- I was like, baby boy. Right. Go, go enjoy Dublin. You yeah, think I know. The, these people. I know. I was like, go enjoy your evening in the club. No, they would never be right. together. I would be shocked if they even know who the other per- either of them are, you know, together. Five minutes later, I get a text message from him. It is just a photo. And in the photo is David Archuleta at a club that my friend Danny is at with Teresa Judice. I'm not a, I'm not kidding. I, Darren, by the way, for those of you watching, Darren, or not listening, Darren is kind of like putting the pieces together. Yeah, you're confused. I was the same way. I was like, I really zoomed, you know, I'm like pinching, pinching, pinching my phone. I zoom all the way in. I'm like, that's him. Scroll over to the right. That's Teresa. (laughs) And let me just say this. I will post this both in our Patreon and on Facebook because it's only fair. Uh, the photo, if I'm allowed to. I hope my friend Danny doesn't mind. And I text, so I text him back immediately. By the way, Darren is still like in a, she's trying to figure this I'm out. I'm trying you guys. to think like what, what are they doing? Be, right. Yeah. Like, where do the, where's the Venn diagram? And I think it David Archuleta and Teresa Judice. My, where's that middle diagram? My uh, thoughts, my thoughts exactly. You know what I just realized? I need to put a picture of David in our um, photos in our virtual, in my photo, in my virtual background. But anyway, so I immediately write him back and I was like, oh my God, you're breathing the same air as David Archuleta. And I'm, I'm like, Danny, stop everything. And you go over to him right fucking now. Now, Danny knows exactly, you know, this is why he's texting me because I'm a huge fan. Sure. I said, drop everything that you're doing. I don't care how hammered you are. You are going to go talk to him and you're going to show him the following three pictures that I'm about to send to you. And I'm like, you're going to ask him, would he ever ask? Would he ever date this person? Okay. And I want you to tell him a couple of things that I'm employed that I have a really good credit score. In fact, it's superior that I love kids, that I love cats, that I love dogs and that I love him. And you're going to give him all this information and you're going to set up the rest of my life with this guy because you're, you're literally not even 10 feet away from him. Right. And now let's pause here and I want to hear your thoughts and questions. Um, I mean, the world is so small in that way. (laughs) Isn't it though? I mean, I David Archuleta isn't like, it isn't like Brad Pitt, right? Like he's not, well, honey to to some people, but in the nomenclature, like, I don't think my parents know, know David that. Archuleta is. <laughs> they better by the time they listen mom, to this show. Well, you're right. No, but still, yeah. you know, my thought immediately went to what are they filming? Because I was like, there's the only that's the only reason well, the two of them could be together. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, is it a season of the traitors? But they don't go out. They don't go out. And it's filmed in Scotland. What is this season Dublin. of traitors? What is that? The tra- traitors? You know, oh, I don't know the traitors that. on Pico. Oh my God! It was like the biggest hit show on January last Peacock last oh. um last January on Peacock. It was like my favorite show, and it had like a mixture of reality stars and a mixture of regular people, and it's like a murder mystery game show. Oh my God! How did I never hear about this? I don't know. I, that I sounds amazing. It. I was. Did you? Oh, I'm oh sorry. God. I don't remember. Um, Maybe it's something like that. There's no other reason they should be together. I mean, come on now. I mean, because it's not like listen, you know, you know, Melania. That seems that seems odd though. Like, yeah. Well, Teresa has kids that are, I think, near 
to some degree, David's age, I think. And I was like, maybe they love him and they're out. But I'm like a club in Dublin on a Friday night. And David was kind of like standing in the background. You'll see it on Facebook and Patreon if 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 I get access to it. You can go look at it right now. But it could just be that they're in Dublin and it's a popular club. True. But he did say they were together. And so here's what happens. Okay, so to pick back yeah, up. That makes me think that they're filming something. That something must be filmed, right? So. So I'm like, I give Danny my my three best Tinder pictures, okay? I'm like, go over and talk to this person. And yeah. I said, by the way, don't cock block me. Don't go over here and try to like hit on him and try to set up your own thing. You know, David is mine and I know his people. And if I ever run into them, I'm going to do the same for him. Like, that would bro- be so epic and backstabby if he was like, oh my actually, God. David and I well, are going on a date. I'd be like. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So then like. 30 35 minutes goes by and I haven't heard from him. And I was like, he's either, well, he's either blacked out somewhere else in the club. All possible. Yeah. Or he's connected with him and having a conversation. So I'm like, what is going on? Like every minute feels like an hour. And um, finally he gets back to me and he just goes, oh, everyone saw me take a picture of them and then realize it was them. And they started rushing over to them. So they just left. I was like, why didn't you rush over? Well, I right. had questions. Oh, this is the problem. You got to do it stealthily. In fact, yeah, you know, exactly. I was I was out with I was out with someone last night who was talking about this. Who like when you look at someone famous, and obviously this happens quite a bit in yeah, in, in New LA. York, but definitely in LA. Yeah. And you know, because it's not even like the thing about LA is like in New York. What I've noticed, and granted, I'm not part of the um famous a-list celebrities here so there's probably a whole world i'm not privy to but let me just say this as a lay person um in new york there feels like there's air of you know they have zero bond they have polo bar they have like these clubs that feel like more exclusive famous people can kind of get into there in la like the nicest restaurants like in a strip mall (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true and it's right. ba- it's bomb like th- it's not a knock on the restaurant because the totally. restaurant's very good but it's not like oh this club for only famous people like right they intermingle with everyone else it totally. feels like in a way i'm sure there's a whole world in that pretty right too. so i'm not trying to be an idiot here but you know yeah. i mean when you catch the eye of someone famous at a restaurant and then you pretend to look away and then they know that you saw them Oh and yeah. You can't oh stop yeah. Looking, and yep. it's like that awkward thing where you're just like, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Well, you know, and my friend was drunk, let's be clear. So, you know, who knows exactly? I, I was well, I'm first... impressed that he could identify I know. David Archuleta and Teresa Judice hammered oh. in Dublin of all places. Of all places, right? So just to wrap this up, I um, you know, so he he messages me the next day and he's like, Oh my God. He's like, now they're now Teresa and David are at a restaurant around the, around the corner from me, he, but he didn't send a picture or anything. He's like, everyone, you know, I've, I've, there was a, a crowd and then, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, I don't see anything on David's social media about being in Dublin. So I feel well, like they're it's filming. They can't. Yeah. I was just going to say, so that's what made me think that they were filming. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Andy. Yeah. Ask around and ask Andy what Bravo's filming. I is wonder, David but they, the thing about traders is that they never leave the complex unless to do, mm. unless they like had a new twist. Um, which but was go never, to the club and find John's best friend. They don't friend do and, that. Yeah, yeah. They don't do that though. Like they stay in the house. Yeah, they sure don't. Mingling. So I don't, 
Unless yeah. this was like before or after filming. That could be it. Yeah, that could be it. You know and it's I mean? just like, you know, Let I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not, you know, I've mentioned this before. I, I'm not like a big, huge Bravo person. I like some Bravo shows. Sure. But I do really like The Real Housewives of New Jersey and Atlanta. So I'm very familiar with Teresa Judice. I'm very familiar with David. There's no scenario where I see the two of them becoming friends. Now, listen. I More mean, unlikely pairs have been made. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say, like, stranger things have happened. Yeah, Martha time. Stewart, Snoop Dogg. You know, there's a whole bunch of different duos. But I was like, what, you know, what is going on here? So, unfortunately, I was unlucky this time. Um, and, Dan, It'll if you're happen. listening, not happy with you, but it's fine. Poor Danny got sick. He's got COVID after he got back. Oh. So, hopefully, David and Teresa don't get it. But, anyway, I'm giving a lot of his business out. But, um, yeah. anyway, we- that's the wrap-up of the David Archuleta news. I am getting closer, though. That's the most important thing, Darren, is that I'm getting closer One- to being his husband. Bird by bird, as Nadine and I say. <laughs> and speaking of dynamic duos, John, you were kind enough to give me the airtime to mention this last week. But I just yeah. want to mention it again that Darren Darren G, our good friend Darren G, uh, and I are doing a game show um, January 18th in L.A. in West Hollywood. You know, 100-person venue, super fun. We're taking all of the ticket sales that we get, spending it on, of course, like, you know, things that we need for the show, items that we need for the show. But the rest is all prize money. We want, we don't walk away with anything. Exciting. We just pay for the ven- venue. But can I say something? Prizes. So Why not walk away with something? You should walk away with something. You're putting in a lot of work I mean, into this. I mean, I guess eventually. That's not the point of it. I think okay. the point is to just like, you know, it's pretty cool to go into a show in no West way. Hollywood, seeing your friends and have the potential to earn like 350 bucks in cash. Ooh. Like, well, wait granted, a minute. It's not a lot of money in terms of like, holy shit, but like you're going into a well, show that $30 for and you could walk out. You're feeling like you're gambling a little well, bit. It's fun. And listen, in January, people are going to be paying off their Christmas, you know, their holiday uh, credit cards. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so, John, if you wouldn't mind putting it in the show, yeah, notes, of course, the ticket I link is in the show. So you're going to see me also. Uh, promoting it on my Instagram as it gets closer because sometimes around the holidays things just get totally buried. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, completely. that's true. Um, but John, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I know we mentioned last week a few things. There were some couple of interesting things I've been watching on television this week, and I wanted mm-hmm. to go over them with you. Okay. First off, I finished Love Has Won, which oh, was yes. the Max Duck, which you said that we were going to recap. I'm hoping that we can. Let's do that because yeah. I have a. There's three episodes. It's pretty manageable. Like yeah. everything is. 50 minutes yeah. um super contained like it, it's it's not like the types of show where i'm asking you to watch 20 episodes <laughs> you're like watch 45 is, hours of big brother please i've gotten a few people asking me about it and i want to i want to talk to you about it on our podcast but i will say like the thing that drew me to it and i think i said this last week but in case you missed it the thing that drew me to it originally was because you know we always hear about cult leaders and it's always you know, it's usually dudes, it's usually white males, you know, middle-aged and they're like, let's have sex with all the 13 year olds. You let's have sex with all the 13 year old girls and all the dudes will go, you know, work for me. It's just like, yeah, right. It's true that, you know, it's always like sexual abuse in some sort of tragically. And then of course we had, you know, Nexium, which was older women for sure, which is why I almost had a problem with it, that it, it almost felt like Maybe this is no issue, you know, like if yeah. these people are volunteering to be part of this thing, even though they're manipulated, like you kind of have a right to be manipulated. And like, it's 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 a weird turn of events as opposed to if yeah. it's children. Now, this one was led by a woman and it didn't involve 
when I say it didn't involve children, I know what, if you've seen this documentary, I know that people are going to come at me on it. And I don't, I don't necessarily need to explain it to you, John, because you'll see it. Okay. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with necessarily her sexually abusing children, even though she definitely was, and she abandoned all of her kids. No spoiler okay. there um, yeah. on this cult, but it is gnarly dude. And it is the only murder documentary or true crime documentary, not murder. Well, well, Here's the question I'm going to pose to you before watching it. Oh and remember boy. this, okay. that I want you to answer. Is this a murder doc or not? Okay. All right. Is this person murdered or not? That's Interesting. a very basic question. I think there's a lot of intellectual discussion to be had. But um, it is the only one where Nadine and I were eating dinner watching it. And it was truly mm. hard to eat food yeah. during it. Yeah, that's um, tough. And it wasn't because there was gore. Yeah. Just the details alone were enough. Just watching this person yeah. sort of deteriorate. So I highly recommend everyone watching it. It's a, a, a current, it, it only happened a few years ago. Like this yeah, is yeah. kind of the whole idea of it. This, you know, only happened basically in 20, 2022. This had been going on for oh. a while, but um, so everyone, I hope we can recap this next episode. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I was um, going to say we are um, just to give everyone an update about what the rest of the year looks like for our show to add to this is we're going to do we're going to keep releasing episodes on Sundays but they won't be full murder episodes. We've got some some surprises coming in the next couple Sundays for you guys and then we'll be back after New Year's with brand new episodes and Darren let's just put it on the books right now. We'll do a recap of Love Has Won on the we're first episode a, back. Yeah, so make sure everyone can kind yeah, of uh watch, watch it, it because I don't want to spoil it because I do think it's one of those things where you genuinely kind of have to watch it because I think talking about it, the case is so yeah, nuanced and something that requires visuals. It isn't just like, oh, yeah, sure, she murdered a bunch of these people. Uh, okay, like, interesting. It requires a lot more than you think. So definitely give it a definitely give it a watch. It is on cool. Max right now called Love is One. Uh, but two other interesting things that I watched. By the way, celebrate your holidays by watching this really sad holiday. You probably should. <laughs> yeah, yes. you probably should. Yeah. Cog your kids a little tighter uh, this <laughs> holiday season. I'll put it That's that right. way. There you go. Um, do you remember who Mary Kay Letourneau is? Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Tell everybody in case. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah Mary so, Kay so. Letourneau um, was a convicted sex offender. She was the teacher who, when she was 34, had sex with a 13-year-old. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, let me be clear, a student of hers at the time, but he was 13, obviously, and, were, and was at the school. Uh, not that that matters. I just, I'm watching this interview right now. And so I think like facts do matter about the case. Yeah, but to some degree, yeah, it does matter because maybe there's a different dynamic when it's like, you know, a student of your own where there's a power yeah. play I mean, involved. Granted, he's 13, yeah, she's 34. Course. So obviously we can make that uh, inference, but they she do was end up 34. getting- 34. They do end up getting married. And right. when they he turned were, 18. When he turned 18, they were together for about 14 years. Yeah. Uh, they divorced in 2019. She passed away in 2020. I oh, believe. I didn't know that. Yes, from colorectal cancer, which I just learned today, in wow. fact. Um, but this was a huge media sensation. I mean, I think most of our audience was probably remembers this huge media sensation. In fact, the new movie, which is honestly, I've been dubbed by critics, is one of the best movies of the year, is May December with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Yep. Yep. That movie is actually based on Mary Kay Letourneau. Um, oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So Julianne Moore, there, she's not a teacher, but she does mm -hmm. have sex with an underage boy. I believe at a, where they're working, maybe a pet store. I want to okay. say, don't quote me on it because I haven't watched it yet. I'm about to watch it. Okay. So get to my long-winded thing, have sex with them at a pet store. And then 
years later, <laughs> Natalie Portman is playing Julianne Moore's character in a in a movie. And so she goes oh. to like interview Julianne Moore to like learn about her mannerism. So it's kind of meta, but it is sort of based on on Mary Kay Letourneau. But what I yeah. want to say was last night when I was out with a bunch of friends, they recommended that I watch this. I believe it was from 2019. Let me see. Um, this full interview on um, Seven News World Exclusive. You can find it on YouTube. I have it pulled up right here. This uh-huh. is a interview, I believe, from like 2019 or oh, 2018 um, with one of the anchors, Matter Duran, who spoke with Mary Kay and Billy, the boy that she ended up being, the man that, that she ended up. It's about an hour long and it's kind of wild. I mean, I must have missed this interview as it was going down, but I'm only 50 minutes, so I have about 20 minutes left. It is crazy kind of watching this human behavior and seeing how she justifies it in a way yeah. that clearly she's been through so much. Like I, I granted, you know, she was completely away from society. You know what I mean? And they were torn apart, even though I do believe maybe they were in love. Although he was kind of, one could argue because yeah. he's 13 that he was like abused or manipulated groomed. by it. Yeah, was exactly. he groomed? Was he molested? Yeah. You know, hearing his kind of side of the story with this is one of the only interviews that they ever gave. Mm. But it's interesting because I was talking about this earlier about pedophilia and how like the act of being a, like being a pedophile, right? Really just means that you're attracted to you know, right. children, underage people. You can't actually help that. You know, no one chooses to be a pedophile in this world, right? That's not you just like, so, I can't yeah. help being gay. You can't help being a pedophile. What separates a pedophile from, you know, the worst of society is child molesters. It's people who actually use that and take it to their advantage and don't see how wrong this is, right? Right. So I'm a big proponent of not shaming something that you can't help. I am a big proponent of doing something that you absolutely can help. Of course, yeah, And so, And so I want to just make that distinction here. But anyone who gets the opportunity to see May, December, watch this interview, even if you have seen May, December 1st, John, I'm curious to hear what you yeah. think about it. Cause it's an interesting psychology. It's just interesting for an hour of your time. I think it's worth it. Yeah. I think this is what you're, you're explaining like the fact, psychology. Let's, let's link it in the show notes. If you don't mind, I'm going to sure. chat you this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Send it my way. And I think what you were just saying, the psychology behind this is what gripped the nation, right? Because, you know, you don't really hear too often about, I mean, now you do because of social media, but back in those days in the 90s or whenever this all kind of unfolded, you know, it was big headline news about not just the crime that was being committed here by her, but the psychology of it. And then his eventual, you know, consent to being in a relationship with her once he did turn 18. I mean, that shocked people again, I feel like. So, and I think as true crime people that are listening to true crime shows like we are and doing shows like you and I are, Darren, you know, it's fascinating to dive into the disturbing, the shaken and disturbing, uh, you know, details about how someone on both ends of that, get, you know, arrives there. But yeah, that's yeah, interesting. And, you know, and it's it's even watching him in this interview now. I just chatted it to you, John. Okay, so cool. You, um, even watching him in this interview now, even though he's a grown man, I mean, he's I don't even know what he is in this interview. I think like 30 or about to be sounds about the right. age that she was when this all happened. Thirty four. Mm. Um, he feel I can't tell if he's trying to protect his wife the and his kids, loves, right, right, what, right, or because they do eventually divorce. I mean, they divorced shortly yeah. after this. Did um, they have kids or, too? They had two. Oh, I think they had two, maybe three, but I think it was two. Okay. okay. Um, trying to protect them. Yeah. Or 
you know, what kind of psychology does he kind yeah. of have to go under? Anyway, it's wild. Yeah, I, interesting for us, for sure. I recommend. I will then, say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to segue into another topic here really quickly because, you know, we have uh, a little show agenda here, you guys that are listening um, at home. And I will be, I'm excited to share that Darren put a tennis subject on here. That is not questions to ask. I know. I was surprised by this. So go ahead. Let's hear what you've got to say. Yeah. Big fan of 60 Minutes in this past Sunday on 60 Minutes. I don't know if you saw this, John. Um, John Wertheim interviewed Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Yeah, He does all the sports kind of things. Like to me, he's like the sort of the arts guy. I would say like entertainment, sports, music. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of that. Not exclusively, but certainly a lot. Anyway, he interviewed Novak Djokovic. Yeah. And Djokovic? Djokovic. 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 Okay. Um, and I, if you remember, what did he just win? The U.S. Open? Yeah, he won a okay. lot. He won the U.S. Open, I, French I Open, and I was complaining to you Open. on the U.S. Open how, like, you know, he was, like, boasting. And I just fucking hate that. <laughs> you know, every time he'd, like, get a point or whatever, he's like, yeah, come on. come on. You know, and I don't yeah. – first off, tennis shouldn't really be like that. But also, like, I don't like what football players do either. It's like, this is your job. You are literally getting paid to win and be a good athlete. Why are we, like – why are you stoked that you got a quarterback sack? Like, yes, it's yeah. a good play, but like every time you're going to like flip out about it, like this is mm-hmm. your job. Mm-hmm. So I have like a real, I'm a very like purist when it comes to sports in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's one thing celebrating at the end. I just don't really like it during it, you know? Okay. And obviously this is like a tactic that people use. And I think it's I just other people that, out. Yeah. But anyway, after the US Open, I just thought that Novak was such a dick. Like yeah. I just, I, I had a very negative view on it. I mean, granted, no doubt he's like the goat and amazing and deserves all his yeah. accolades and obviously puts a lot of pressure on himself. I get that. Sure. Um, but just as a person, he seemed like a dick. This interview kind of made me change. <laughs> well, I love that you're saying this because I think that was the entire point of this interview because it must have been to it change his PR. To be. Oh, 100%. He, th- they end on Carlos Alcaraz. Is that yeah. name? Carlos? Yeah. And, you know, he's and John Wertheim is like, you know, this is the new young guy and you're kind of old, even though you're still winning, you know, he's like, but essentially like, this is the new Federer. This is the new you of your time, you know, and he's like, and he's like, no, I love it because it makes me play better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I play up to him and I want to see a new generation of tennis players and this and that other thing. And I was like, oh, they're ending on a heartfelt moment that I feel like we did not get at the U.S. So no. Yeah. I mean, anyway, you should thing. watch it because you're a fan. I'm curious to see what you think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I probably, well, I didn't realize John Wertheim did the interview and I, like I said, I loved him. I've, I love him and I've watched and followed all of his journalism throughout the years. He's a very and respected he's got a wink tennis. And a nod. Yeah. And he's got a wink and yeah. a nod to it. You know, he knows Novak. He knows what he's talking shit. about. A hundred percent. Oh, John Wertheim is like the pinnacle of tennis uh, journalism. So he knows everything. You know, the thing about Novak is that he, you know, he wants to be liked the way that Federer and Nadal are liked. Sure. Because he's right there with them. Yeah, Yeah. the three they call in tennis, there's the big three. It's Federer, Nadal and Djokovic. And for a while, they were sort of all head to head with each other. Federer has since retired. uh, Nadal's looking like this will be his last year. He hasn't played at all last year. You know, but meanwhile, Djokovic, who's right there at the same age as them, is winning a lot of majors, you know, so he's really right in the mix of winning everything. So, you know, I think the 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 thing with Djokovic is he's sort of embraced this kind of villain role a little bit. And yeah. the reality is he's just not as likable as those other guys. He's a little bit pompous and he's arrogant. But by the way, let me just say this as someone who's followed 
one sport very, very closely. A lot of the greats have said over the years, not just in tennis, but other sports, that in order to be the greatest, you do have to have a little bit of arrogance. You have to sort of believe in yourself in a way that well, other like, people might find. Of, look at any great of anything, right? From like yeah, Elon exactly. Musk to like Martha mm-hmm. Stewart. I think that you do have to Steve have Jobs, this. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that you do have to have this. I would say like preternatural sense of self or like inflated ego. Totally you do. In order to succeed. And that's not a bad thing. But like, yeah, Steve Jobs was a genius, but I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to have been his daughter or right. his wife or whatever, right. you know, right. like think about singularly um, genius and like kind of mean otherwise. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, by the way, Novak's not like you know, this terrible, horrible person by any no, means. No, no, but no. In fact, it talks about his charities and this. Yeah, and of You could course, just tell yeah. it was like, yeah, let's yeah. bring this but reputation this, up. Yeah, know? and the other thing that's happening, this is all very interesting timing because I don't know if you caught this. I shared this on Facebook, but Netflix is going to do a special presentation in March called like the Netflix Slam, and it's a Nadal versus Carlos Alcaraz match. You know, so I saw a headline about this, but apparently yeah. the news around it, or at least from this headline, didn't read the article, was that Nadal would only do this if he was considering retirement. And so that this was yeah. a kickoff to perhaps Nadal's yes. retirement. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very much indicated. He hasn't announced it yet or anything like that, but it's it's pretty clear this will be his last year, 2024. But what the, you know, there's a lot of like interesting business things that are happening here. If you don't mind indulging me just for a second, because here's Carlos Alcaraz, the new biggest name in tennis. He just won Wimbledon by beating Novak Djokovic in an amazing way. Um, He's young. He's 20. I don't even think he's 20. I think he's 20. If that, he was a teenager recently. Um, And then you've got Nadal, this other Spaniard who is of course a legend and an icon. And it's so interesting because Netflix is like, Everybody wants to watch these sh- these matches, but they got to wait and hope that they show up in a draw somewhere on a sure. in on a in a tournament that gets aired on television. I mean, that's another thing. Like, not every sh- every tournament gets aired on television. I will say, Djokovic is trying to change. He's like the top. He's like anyone who's under like the top 100 or 200 in the world. Yes, that's true. Are such great talent, and they never get seen. So he's trying to like trying bring to get them paid. up the younger yeah. talent, which I give him. Yeah, totally. And he's he's very big on players' rights, and he's great for all those reasons. But I think you know the timing here, where Nadal and, and Alcaraz get announced in this gigantic Netflix deal that I'm sure they're getting paid millions of dollars. For, of course, I mean. Um, and showcase no other point of doing it. And now they're going to be the sole focus of the tennis world for a couple of days uh, via Netflix and maybe even weeks. And suddenly Djokovic is like, hey, by the way, I'm the number one player in the world and I've got all these charities and right. I'm, a, I'm a really great guy too. Don't forget about me. I think it's all, you know, Darren, you know how the, the how the press world works. It's but. all marketing and stuff like it that. It really like, is. Yeah. I get it, you know, because. It's fun. Yeah, I like it's it. It's fun and, you know, public perception does matter. Does yeah, matter how you're totally. going to be remembered. Like the stats or not, it does kind of matter if you're the one people are talking about it when you're it's an true. athlete, of course, like. He has the numbers. I mean, no one can kind of deny that. Numbers right? no wise, one... he's by far the greatest. I mean, right. you know, a couple years ago, it was like, where is everything going to shake out? Even with Serena. I mean, she was right there with in the mix with the guys as well with her numbers. But I think but... part of it, especially because tennis is an individual sport, anything that's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could be the greatest, but the public has to want you to be the greatest for you that's to really exactly be it. accepted as that. 
Yeah, it's true. And I mean, we listen. Have to, and everyone's going to root for Serena Williams. Like, it's true. Wanna, and that's you true, know too. What I mean? like, well, I mean, Serena, I mean, listen, Serena, by far, in a way, greatest female tennis player. And that's not debatable anymore. She's, you know, she doesn't have the numbers that jo- Djokovic and even Nadal have now, I believe. I think they're all kind of surpassing her. But nonetheless, you know, Djokovic is the solid goat now with tennis, given sure. his numbers. And he's going to keep winning. That's the crazy thing. I mean... You know, Federer wasn't doing what Djokovic was doing or is doing uh, when Federer was his age. You know, Federer was getting close to retirement and Djokovic just won three of the last four majors. I mean, that's totally and he's done that several other times in his career. So there's no doubt he's a great. But to your point, I don't want to harp on the negative. I just personally am not a fan of him. I don't like his on-court demeanor. I think, as you just said, Darren, when you're a public athlete, there is an expectation and a different threshold that you should live. Your live voice up to. matters more, yeah. maybe than it should. Maybe than it should, right? Because yeah. like part of me, especially with politics and everything, or with anything, I'm like, yeah, you know, athletes don't know everything, or celebrities don't know everything. Like celebrities yeah. being like, get out the vote. I'm like, they're actors. What the fuck do they know about <laughs> right. anything other than acting? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, just like true. for me, it's like, you know, all of a sudden everyone's an expert on fucking everything, and I'm like, but you're just this, or you're just that. Like, yeah. stick to your lane. But I do think because <laughs> of the public and because of all of this, I do think their opinion matters, and it probably matters more because they're more influential. You know what Taylor yeah, Swift that's says? That's exactly right. Yeah, it matters more than what Darren Carp says. You know, for better or for worse. And so I think that you have to be more responsible. Exactly. For yes. Outbursts, or at least, you know, I think John McEnroe sort of made a career out of being this really fussy bitchy um <laughs> temperamental type of guy yeah. but novak you know he talks about it in this interview he's like i regret every time i do that you know he's like but i'm a flawed human being and i'm this and i'm like yes you are but you need to say that in an inter- interview as opposed to just like leaving Everyone the public with, with your it. only yeah. image of you as being this angry fucking guy you know yeah. like circle it around for us and say like hey i'm embarrassed by that like i'm a human being i put a lot of pressure in this game i worked out a million fucking hours and i've you know, totally. worked my body to the bone. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I and I have respect for that. To that. Yeah, yeah totally. And most people that follow tennis the way I do definitely understand that about Novak. But to a casual fan or someone who isn't a fan of tennis, who might just be looking at headlines, they don't know any of that. So they're oh. getting this sour perception of him, which in the long run isn't really good for tennis. And by the way, that's why he is a fan of of Carlos Alcaraz because it keeps tennis afloat. It keeps the interest going in his sport that he's made millions and millions of dollars on. So anyway, that's the business breakdown of Novak Djokovic. But Darren, I love that you brought that up. Thanks for um thanks for throwing that at me there. What a full, well-rounded NMR job. I was gonna say we really touched on all kinds of stuff. Well, we'll be back on Sunday with another uh really interesting episode. I can't wait for you guys yes, to this hear one... this one. Yes. This one is close to home, I think. It does. It sure does. And um, yeah, we'll be back with more episodes after that. And then it's on to the holidays. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.